welcome to episode 003 <laughs> um, of Guy and Sarah. Save the world. Um, today we are talking about something way lighter than way the lighter. last topic. Uh, so we are going to be talking about turn-ons versus turn-offs. And, um, and these are things that we've learned to value over physical traits. Yeah, like it's not that um, physical attraction is important. Because it, it is, but what actually makes attraction beyond like superficial things and like yeah. what makes it long lasting are the things that we're talking about that are not shallow. So right, and none of this is meant to be judgmental because everybody's in a different stage in their lives. This is more just a reflection of kind of what stage we're at yeah and we've, we've changed a lot like a lot of things that we value now we would have never even had a thought to be attracted to five ten years ago right like a lot of what i value i learned how to value because i used to be the other side of it like i or, used to be the shitty person or we've had the opposite like right. we used to not value these things and therefore we had like chaotic not functional um relationships with people so yeah, it's, it's just about the things that really matter, and the I guess it's a process that got us to this yeah. point where we can be self-aware enough to realize these this is what we need. These are our expectations that we're not willing to settle on. Right. Help so me. without further ado, so we each read a list of kind of what we find appealing and almost, you know, what are our are hard yeses in a relationship, like this is something I need, um, versus what's a hard no. We were surprised to find that we each wrote way more about what we like than what we don't like, so I guess we're not as negative as we thought we were. <laughs> yeah, when we first talked about doing this, I was convinced that the turn off list would be like the Bible in yeah. thickness. Yeah. Um, but as I was writing it out, I actually was pretty surprised with how many things I was able to identify are important or attractive to me. And we're not just talking about physical things, we're talking about the things that actually matter. Right. So for my first one, I put empathy. Um, empathy is so not only important to me, but like intoxicatingly attractive. Um, something that I found really depressing um, is looking on psychology today and finding that men have lower empathy than women. Yeah. And um, at first they thought that maybe this was a biological difference and something that, you know, cannot be helped, but they actually found that it's not right. related to, um, you know, the differences of being a man and a woman. It actually has to do with how they're socialized. Mm -hmm. And um, I definitely can say that men for the most part do have lower empathy and that is unfortunate um but now that i am older um and i have seen different levels of empathy within people i didn't realize how important it was to me until i guess like the last couple years yeah um the ability to care about something going on outside of yourself and to care or want to understand the level of emotions that another person can feel when they don't have anything to do with you. I mean, isn't that what humanity kind of is? Yeah. It's, I'd say it's a major thing that sets us apart. Yeah. And it's so crazy to me, you know, being so empathetic, overly empathetic myself, that there are people out there that aren't. 
but there's a lot of people that either don't have any or have very minimal right. empathy. Um, so it's very refreshing to engage with people that care about so much. Because it, it means that they've nurtured you know, a trait, a human trait that you yes. value and that I value, especially when men specifically are raised in such a way that they're kind of taught to be less empathetic. Uh, it's, yeah. It's less manly, a boys don't cry type of. That's disgusting, by the way. <laughs> it's disgusting. Um, um, so to, to find people who have nurtured that instead of burying it is really amazing and really special. Yeah, like... Um, I guess we're talking about men because, you know, we date men, but it can apply to anyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah, empathy is definitely at the very top for me. Um, it's fucking hot. Get empathetic. Seriously. <laughs> uh, okay, so the first one on my list is not being codependent. Uh, this is, I think, so huge for me because I found myself through the course of my adult life and exclusively uh, codependent relationships until my current and permanent relationship. Permanent. <laughs> um, you know, I need my partner to be their own person. Of, of course, I think it's great to be able to lean on your partner for support and to let your partner lean on you for support when they need it. But being able to be your own person and be responsible for your own well-being and your own happiness is everything you cannot have a healthy relationship if you are letting the other person be responsible for your well-being so for me zero codependency (laughs) yeah the someone needing to be okay on their own because when they're not it creates so much stress right on the person who isn't to manage their happiness like because then you could don't just worry about yourself, which is enough. Right. You're having to manage someone else's emotions. Well, and if, if both people in the relationship are managing each other's happiness, then they're essentially guaranteed to let each other down because it's too yes. much. And there's, this, there's such a thing as being interdependent, which is totally different than codependent. Mm-hmm. And interdependent is almost like a healthy form of that. You don't have to be totally dependent of each other. But if you find that it's very evident that your partner needs more from you than you can get in order for them to just feel normal and function normally in the relationship that's a red flag and so uh lack of codependency it's a huge one that's big my next one that i put is accountability um so because real fucking annoying when people can't be held accountable that's that is (laughs) that's one of my biggest peppies in life in general yeah like be accountable for your actions yeah um, Done. That was it. Yeah. On. <laughs> the end. Um, yeah, I, this is something that a lot of people, a lot, a lot, a lot of people struggle with. I used to be really bad about this as well, especially in my early mid-20s. I was one of those people where if you tried to accuse me of something I had done wrong, I could not oh, be same. accountable. Nope. Nope. Uh, nope. Deflect. Not be blame shift. Fault. Blame yeah. shift. Yeah. It's your fault. Actually, let's talk about you. Um... <laughs> Part of being accountable is owning your own shit. Being able to recognize when you've made a mistake and looking at your own behavior with, I guess, a sense of like 
being responsible, but I guess that's kind of Well, similar. it's almost the most important when it sucks the most to do it. Like, yes. When you feel so strongly that you want to put the blame on something else, that's probably when it's the most important to be accountable because it's when you're at a crucial point where you're going to to make a change in yes. how you approach things going forward. Well, a good, a good like example of being accountable is if you are in a relationship and you have some kind of conflict or an issue is going on, it's being able to listen to what the other person is saying and being able to accept blame yeah. and being like, okay, this is what I said. This is what I did. This is my behavior. Instead of immediately becoming defensive and being like, yeah, well, you fucking do this. I still, you made me. I still have a hard time with it, even though it's one of my biggest things that I'm like, this has to happen. I'm, I'll still be like, well, no, but but because I can't be wrong, but it's just yeah, because it's, it's your like gut instinct is to just bristle and want to defend yourself. Yes, you don't want to admit that you're wrong. I think it's just natural not to want to. So you have to train yourself to just be able to be like, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, certain people um struggle with that if they have like a history of being verbally degraded yeah well then you immediately go into defense mode to protect yourself but the thing is uh <laughs> when you're in like a healthy environment where you can welcome healthy confrontation right. then you don't you shouldn't have to be so defensive so a lot of times even if you are not being as accountable as like you want to be being able to go back and being like you know what i was wrong what i said and did was shitty right that's that's yeah. kind of where I'm at. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That's where I am too. <laughs> uh, okay, next on my list is, uh, this one's huge for me, uh, having a great work ethic. <laughs> I am a person who's very guilty of being addicted to work. Workaholic. Uh-huh, I'm a workaholic, and I don't necessarily need my partner to also be a workaholic, but I need them to have a great work ethic, whether it's towards their hobbies or towards their career. For me, it makes sense for it to be towards both. Um, I'm just a very, uh, I give a shit kind of person. Like I just care about what I'm doing and I'm kind of all in for everything I'm doing. And I just kind of expect the same from my partner. And I just find that really attractive when somebody is just working really hard at whatever they're doing. I'm like, mm, yeah, more. No, seriously, like someone that like really is invested in what they do and working hard. So hot. It's really fucking hot. It is. It is. But it's not like a money thing. It's, no, it's, it's not. It's like a, it's just an admirable trait. And I learn more from people just in general in my life when I'm surrounded by people mm-hmm. with a great work ethic. I learn a lot from them and, and set higher standards for myself because of it. And you know what you need to have a good work ethic? Accountability. They kind of right. go hand in hand. <laughs> okay, for my next one, I put consistency. Um, consistency is so important to me because it's something I realized that I have lacked um, most of my life. Um, and because you need consistency in order to create a foundation of security within a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, whether we're talking about communication, emotional support, um, being able to reach someone reliable, anything like that. It has to be consistent because someone being able to be kind to you when things are good or someone being able to be there for you during just an emergency but right. not during like normal day-to-day stuff it's really problematic 
it really matters how you treat someone when things are not good because it's very easy to be present and be vocal and be affectionate when times are at a really good high mm -hmm. but it's about how you are day to day and especially when things get bad because i honestly feel like you don't know who someone is until things are really difficult or bad because that's when they tend to show different sides and that's when they come through are they going to be selfish and inconsistent or are they going to <laughs> are they going to be present and uphold the behavior that you deserve i suspect that if the day-to-day -day consistency isn't there that's why it falls apart when things are hard because it, it's not routine it's not habitual it's not a genuine part of your everyday interactions with this person. Yeah. So of course when things are hard because those, you know, normal, that normal pattern of interacting that way isn't in place, everything's gonna fall apart. It's very important, especially in communication because it's kind of like we talked about in one of the previous episodes, having um, structure. It really, really matters. Like if someone inconsistently is super great to you or super romantic or does something over the top, that doesn't actually make the relationship secure or better. Right. If it's like a one-off, every once in a while type of thing. Then you're just riding a lot of highs. And it, that's extremely exhausting. Right. So being consistent, even when things aren't good. It matters. Oh, I wrote, uh, loves animals and has empathy for other people. So that was kind of a repetitive yeah. one. But uh, loving animals is really important. It's really fucking important. <laughs> it's so important. If you don't give a shit about animals, I don't give a shit about you. Yeah. Bye. Well, that's part of like what's kind of difficult about being vegan and dating is that you go into the dating world knowing that the majority of people that you're going to meet right. are not going to be vegan. Right. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I've had friends who are just like, I'm eh, not really an animal person, but they still have respect for animals and that's cool, you know, but I couldn't have seen myself ever ending up with somebody who doesn't share the same values towards animal well-being and animal, um, animal rights as I do. So that was a big, really important thing for me. That's like, it's really hard when you're into like animal rights and stuff to be with someone. Oh yeah. Isn't. I'm like, I've been like years ago, just in parts of my life where I'm like, well, I will just categorically deny <laughs> the advances of anybody who's close-minded to this. Yeah, because I honestly feel like um, the way that people act towards animals is a big, um, it's like a sign of where, like, where their empathy level is yeah. because animals do not do bad. Right. We're, we are basically the only thing on this planet that can actively do bad because we know better. Because we can reflect on it and yes. understand our actions on another level. Yeah. So being like cruel to animals, that's like being cruel to babies. Mm -hmm. Okay, so on my next one, I put ability to be wrong and apologize. This is huge and I kind of have to call myself out on this because <laughs> this is something that I, in the past, have been terrible with. I have, I had, a really 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 hard time being self-aware enough to be able to say I fucking suck at this oh same, same or wow that was really fucked up that I did it because what I would do is I, I would reach into my bag of excuses and go yeah I did this because this that's that was my pattern for 
my whole life for so long because, you know, unfortunately I went through some shit when I was younger. So in my adult life, after having gone through things, any relationship I was in, I would, you know, it was so easy to just be like, yeah, well, it's justified because of this. So I'm permanently excused. It's the permanent victimhood thing. Yeah. And that's a real... I was enabling myself hard. And <laughs> that's a serious mental state that um, a lot of people go into. Uh, it's where you become... Your identity is completely classified as a victim. Yeah. Um, and then you can't be accountable for your behavior. So, right. yeah, not being able to see the wrong that you're doing and apologize is gross. I have to say it's like one of the biggest turnoffs for me is someone that cannot be human enough to say, you know what, I did not handle that correctly. I'm sorry. I should have done better. Right. And that leads into apologizing. Someone being able to say I'm sorry is a really big deal, but I read this quote and it is so fucking accurate. A real apology or the only apology is changed behavior. Yes. It's not words. It's actions. Anyone can give you a dramatic, lengthy apology and give you tears. Right. But it doesn't mean anything if it's not present in their actions. Yeah. So that's the only kind of apologies that I accept and want is change behavior. Don't even bother saying you're sorry if you're just going to disregard it and do it again because you're not fucking sorry. Right. You have to be willing to take it to the next step. Yeah. Or else you're like, bye. <laughs> See ya. So it's really important to me for my partner to be a good friend. If I was with somebody and they were just like a shitty asshole to their friends, I would question the entirety of who I'm with. I would just be like, mm, maybe you're not such a great person after all. Yeah. Uh, so just being with somebody who is an amazing friend, uh, who is, you know, Airs on the selfless side, uh, that's really important to me. That's really admirable. And also just on the subject of friendships, somebody who has friends is, is a yes. huge turn on. Like, oh, look at you. You have successful relationships. That's amazing. That's a huge <laughs> sign of, like, where someone's mental health is at. Yes. And that kind of ties back into codependency. Right. If someone doesn't have – it doesn't have to be a ton, but, right. like, active, healthy friendships – it also kind of like disperses um, the need for you to fulfill all of their emotional needs. Um, a lot of times, like this is something that, you know, is widely discussed amongst women and online, is that a lot of times we feel like we end up being our male partner's therapist instead of their therapist, girlfriend, mom, best friend, like counselor through work, right. like everything. It's too much emotional labor to demand from someone. So if you have friends, you have different people that you can talk to about different things to give you perspective instead of slamming it all on one person right. and exhausting them. And and I'm a person with tons of interests, so it's been easy for me in the past to feel like I want my partner to share all of my interests, but that doesn't actually make sense. So at some point in my life, I came to the realization, like, my partner doesn't have to love hiking because my best friend loves hiking. Exactly. And, uh, my partner doesn't have to want to watch this movie because I can watch it with this person. You know, just different yeah. things like that. Realizing, like, oh, you don't have to put the burden of 
filling every little niche interest that you have and you know anything you want to explore and do doesn't have to all be done with your partner it's great to have a lot of things that overlap but it doesn't have to be everything so yeah having in you know friendships on both sides is so important yeah because you can't frankenstein make your own partner who right. literally will do everything that you do no it's important to have other people that you can grow with yeah too. exactly I guess it's my turn. It's your turn. <laughs> um, oh, I put kindness towards animals, minorities, and oppressed groups of people. This really just goes back to empathy. Yeah. Um, it's really, really difficult for me to have respect or feel attraction towards someone who doesn't practice either mindfulness, respect, or anything like that. Um, towards animals, obviously being vegan, um, or minorities or oppressed classes of people, because I feel like if you don't actively try to understand what it's like to not be you or live a privileged life, then you're kind of going to be a closed-minded or ignorant person. Yeah. Um, and especially if you're going to date a woman, you need to understand, or at least try to understand what oppression is. So I guess that just comes with almost like being cultured or having like emotional intelligence. I yes, think. yeah. Um, but that's really, really important to me. I do not like people that are racist, obviously. <laughs> just basic ignorance it's towards things that aren't such, you is yeah. just, it's such, such a red flag, like turn off thing for me. It's like skin crawl icky yes at that point because at that point like if i'm trying to talk about what it's like to be a woman or you know to i guess be treated so so drastically differently than men if you can't open your mind to understand that i'm not saying that guys can fully understand it because they literally will never be able to but there needs to be an openness to try just a willingness to to listen and put yourself in someone else's shoes. Yeah, that's yeah. super important to yeah. me. Next, being a big fucking nerd. That's important <laughs> to me. That's that's a huge turn on to me. Mm -hmm. um, I am a big fucking nerd, and I think being nerdy is really cool. Um, John and Hank Green call it being unironically enthusiastic oh about things. God. It's just cool to just be like, I'm really into this dumb thing, whatever it is. Yeah, like owning your yeah, interests. Yeah, and I think most people I end up identifying with are on some level or other a big nerd. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I feel like people that, you know, are nerdy or whatever mm -hmm. are kind of just like unapologetically themselves, which yes. is really fucking cool. Yeah, so I love that. I love when people are just really passionate about things no matter what the things are yeah even if it's like something that's um like looked down on like oh that's kind of like eh. like world of warcraft or you know anime <laughs> um like things like that um being able to just completely be yourself and yeah. what your interests are yeah oh okay 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 this one's big to me um desire to keep evolving or progressing yes as someone who is admittedly obsessed with psychology, self-help, and just evolving at every chance that I get being alive, it is so, 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 so fucking hot when other people yes. are too. Like, oh, you're actively trying to become a better person? You don't want to be in the same mindset you were 16 years ago? 
Um, oh, you can reflect on phases or behavior that you've shown in the past and realize that it's wrong and want to do better. Oh, <laughs> you are investing in your mental health so that you can have a healthier, secure, more fulfilling, not one-dimensional life. Like, it's really, really, really fucking hot when someone wants to progress as a person. Not just wants to, but actively is participating in doing so. Are you fucking Googling articles about how to do shit better? Yes. Oh, my God. It's great. That can include, um, I think it's really hot <laughs> when people go to therapy. Me too. I, I really do. Because... It doesn't matter if you don't have severe trauma or anything. Therapy is beneficial to literally every person. Being introspective is beneficial. Yes. Hello. <sighs> Trying to figure out why you do what you do and if you don't like things, creating a formula or a system to change. Yeah. To be better. To be better to the people around you. Like. <sighs> My fiance hard. is constantly um, learning new like ridiculous skills to the point where I feel like he knows how to do everything and it's annoying but and you're probably like let's bang like 24 totally. he's like mm, I'm learning how to 3d model this thing so I can build this furniture by hand and I'm just like <sighs> yeah like oh you didn't just take the lazy way out and try to hire someone to do right. it or like anything like that oh you want to be smarter yes Hi. it's fucking hot oh what? We did not read each other's. Um, what is I, it? My next one is seeks education and is always learning. I swear to God. <laughs> so it's what we just said. Oh, okay. You know, I mean, it's literally no, like the same like thing. Like wanting to further your education, wanting to be more intelligent, that ties into one of my ones on here. Just gaining new skills and just constant pursuit of knowledge. Not being content with where you're at. I know that sounds weird. Well, not especially, to like, I know we just kind of went off on... Complacency. Yes, complacency. I know we went off on the internet, but the internet's amazing. You can go to college over and over and over again Forever. That's amazing. Um, my friend Mandy literally learned how to do like every kind of house repair, everything through YouTube. She does it all. Yeah. Like, literally everything. Yeah. She self-taught herself. That's fucking amazing. That's, that's what Ash is doing. It's so cool. <laughs> I just love like people that just aren't content with being exactly where they're at. They're like, you know what? I want to be fucking better at everything. Yes. Non-threatening communication skills. That's okay. Huge. Because I come from um, an interesting history of like verbal abuse and stuff like that, it's really, really important that someone has enough, I guess, emotional intelligence, maybe that would be, to uh, practice effective communication, even about confrontation. Mm -hmm. um, everyone gets mad, but there are um, healthy ways to portray your anger. Right. Or communicate an issue to someone that doesn't make them feel scared. Right. I am very, very, very easily triggered by aggression, anger, certain language. Even if it's not that extreme, I'm hypersensitive to it. That's just something that's part of me at this point. So the way that someone talks to me or approaches a problem is make or break. Yeah. Because I don't want to be always on edge. I don't want to be scared. And it sucks, but it's... Just part of my experience is that I have learned to fear um, male aggression. Yeah. Um, so being able to communicate your anger without making me feel threatened or... I'm trying to think what the... Well, 
I this one's huge for me too, and I I understand. I'm more of a like even keel non-angry mm-hmm. person, so sometimes it's hard for me even to relate to other people becoming angry because I'm like, I, I don't do that. So for me, it's important just for my partner to be able to say like, I'm angry. Like we're gonna pause and come back to this later when we that's can have a huge. constructive conversation. It is so important to realize that you're not in a rational state of mind and to say, you know what? I don't feel like this is the correct environment for us to discuss this in. I'm not dismissing it. I'm yeah. not leaving it, but I'm going to give it time so where I can come back to this with a healthy mindset. Yeah. That is so essential, especially if you're dating someone who has like past um, history of like abuse and stuff. Yeah. You need to be very, very careful with how you speak to them involving anger. Yeah. Okay. This one kind of goes back to work ethic, but I am very attracted to my partner valuing productivity, um, not prioritizing just idle time. I think idle time is really important, and actually my therapist yells at me a lot that I don't take (laughs) enough idle time. I get it. We need it. But I'm just not into, like, sitting around. (laughs) So somebody who's, uh, you know, going to prioritize, like, being mobile, being active, working towards goals, you know, working to accomplish different things, whether it's a project for fun or, you know, just stuff that has to happen instead of putting it off, procrastinating things, uh, you know, just proactive people, that, that's, that's great. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like, I feel like the thing that you're, like, saying that you don't like is laziness. Yeah, I was trying to be nice, but I fucking hate laziness. I just... I mean, I get it. It's fine, but that's just not for me. I feel like if it's during, like, an appropriate time, like, you, like, have a day where you're like, let's not do anything, that's cool. Yes. But it's, like, frequent dosages of, no, I'm just on the couch, like... Just, like, lethargy? I'm just, like, not doing shit. Well, yeah, like, if somebody's so burned out from their job that when they're not there, all they want to do is nothing. And I've, I've been in points in my life where I'm like... I just want to watch Netflix, but I, I, that's just not attractive to me. Even when it's me doing it, I'm like, that's not attractive. Like, I'm being gross. <laughs> yeah, it's gross. Like, I just, I'm not into it. <laughs> okay, so next thing I put is honesty, which I feel like most people would say that they want in a relationship, but we touched on this a little bit in either the first or the second episode. I kind of can't remember. One or two. <laughs> um... Honesty is key because you don't have a relationship or a friendship without honesty. Um, And that includes transparency. That includes not omitting information, not bending the truth, not withholding, stuff like that. You need to be honest, even if it's not what someone, like if it's something that they wouldn't want to hear, the honesty factor is more important than potentially upsetting them, in my opinion. I know there's probably people that have varying degrees and like don't agree with me, but for me personally, I want the truth. I think it's better to never lie, including white lies. I just think don't do yeah. it. Yeah. Like, if you're ever in a situation where you're like, well, if I withhold this, then it might not, you know, upset them. That kind of um, mindset is really childish and stupid because then when they do find out, they hate you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have been there and struggled with that in the past, but being honest and learning to be an honest person is way more rewarding and Mm -hmm. always has a better outcome than lying. Like, lying has a shit outcome every time. 
Well, there's another side to honesty that a lot of people don't talk about, which is creating a safe environment for someone to feel comfortable yes. being honest in. And that's something that I seriously do not ever see people talking about. If you want someone to be honest with you, you cannot punish them for their honesty. Right. If they're telling you something stupid that they did in the past that they're ashamed of, or they made a mistake or something like that, you cannot be vicious towards them. Right. There has to be a safe, like almost like a safe space that you are creating where someone feels like, you know what, I don't, I really don't want to say this and it makes me feel shame for whatever reason, but I trust that this person cares about me and loves me and they're going to hear it and they might not agree with what I'm saying, but we have a, an, a mutual agreement between us that honesty comes before everything. Yeah. So it's not making someone feel like they have to walk on eggshells around you. Right. Uh, okay, so a big turn on for me is somebody who can call me out on my shit. <laughs> yes. Um, approach things that are difficult to approach instead of just letting things go unsaid and letting it carry on and on and on and build up forever. <laughs> yeah. Um, someone willing to have difficult conversations. And of course, like having tact when approaching all those things is really important very important for your vocabulary your tone sensitivity yeah um but just i need to be called out of my shit sometimes we can be super super self-aware and like work at self-awareness every single day and we're still never going to be perfect at it so being able to trust your partner to be honest with you and being able to give the same in return is uh really important and somebody who is not going to do that uh pass yeah that's something that i think is important is you don't want someone to just agree and encourage you 24 7 as weird as that sounds um i personally like someone that can be like let's say it's art related i a photo something i've created i'm like is this good or is this kind of bad Mm-hmm. I really need you to tell me yeah. if it's not that good because I'm trusting your judgment. Right. And that's important. It's important to be able to tell someone no yep. when they need to hear it. Yeah. And that's really valuable. And there's nothing wrong with that, even though it feels like scary. And when you first start having those kinds of interactions with your friends and with your partner, it's like oh, how's this gonna go but it usually turns out for the better yeah um and and you help each other grow that way i think helping like calling someone out on their shit is a part of honesty yeah but it's also so important to not do it in an abusive way right exactly because a lot of people think of that and they're like tell them they fucking suck yeah you can't no. do that it's having tact yeah and being kind but yeah you have to come from a place of like genuinely wanting to help this person if, if not make them hurt right even like i think people get so caught up in wanting to be correct or being mad that they don't care about who they hurt and yeah. that's not acting out of love right okay so the next thing i put was um action over talk anyone can talk a good game um anyone can be charming anyone can make promises to you Anyone can fucking Google you and find out what you like and talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, know, like, uh, that's, yeah. talk, talk is cheap. Yeah. It, it's, I mean, it can be kind of like, it's, to me, I think of talk as like foreplay. Um, it can be like hot or like, I don't know, make someone appealing and kind of get you interested, but that's all it really does. And right. it's their consistent actions that actually show you who they are 
anyone can say anything to make you feel good. Anyone mm-hmm. can give you promises, like whatever. It doesn't mean anything unless their actions reflect the same thing. So what I think is important is um, to watch someone's actions and where they consistently fall. Um, are they consistently truthful? Are they consistently kind? Are they reliable? Like things like that. Don't go by someone saying, oh, I'm an, I, I'm an honest person. I value this and this. Don't have someone just talk about their values. You need to see if they're actually in play. Yeah. Because if their actions don't reflect their morals or maybe a shared morality, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like that's why I think charm is actually problematic. And it's it's manipulation. It is. It's word porn. It's just using like attractive. That's true. It's, it really is. It's using attractive words true. to make someone feel like intoxicated. But it it doesn't matter. It doesn't. It doesn't amount to anything. Anything real. Like yeah. Talk is good for if you are in like a sexual scenario and you're trying to make someone feel good and you're gonna follow through with some real good action. You know, <laughs> like seriously, that's that's when talk matters in yeah. my opinion. Okay, for me, it's a huge turn on when somebody practices self compassion and self care, yeah. and that can take like whatever form works for them. But just when they know to take time for themselves and prioritize themselves, that's awesome. I really love that. I'm also very guilty of being like I know all the correct answers and I know what self-compassion looks like and here's how you do it you're not doing it right yeah (laughs) so just that's why I wrote in like whatever form works for them because uh I won't always know the answers but I just want to know my partner knows how to take care of themselves so and someone being able to take care of themselves is also a big clue into if they're going to know how to take care of you in a situation yeah if they can't take care of themselves if they're not kind to themselves guess what you're going to get treated the same well and i know when i'm not taking care of myself like if i'm working too much and slacking on taking you know time out of my days to make sure i'm prioritizing myself and my mental health i'm a shittier partner i cannot support my partner as well and that goes both ways so just always taking care of yourself so that you can be a good partner when you need to be uh, is really, really important. Absolutely. Okay, this is a little bit different, um, but I put love for nature or the planet. You have to be Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Basically, if you're not Leonardo DiCaprio, fuck off. Fuck off. Um, as I've gotten older and more in touch with myself and my true feelings and who I actually feel like I am on a soul level, I am so connected to nature. Yes. And it's so hard for me to relate to people that don't feel the same way. And that's not saying, like, you have to be exactly the same as me. I'm just saying that this is fucking hot for me. Yeah. Um, People that love being outdoors. People that can literally just look at what our fucking planet Earth is. Yes. And just be in awe of it. Like, yeah. something about me, I have never seen the Northern Lights and Let's fucking go. <laughs> it's it's actually like on a goal list for yeah, me this year. Yeah. And when I look at photos of the Northern Lights, I fucking cry. And it's because I am just so blown away that we live on such an amazing, it's incredible, beautiful planet. And for other people to take things like that for granted or have no emotional effect by seeing some of the most amazing sights that you can ever fucking see, it's like a wall. And I, yeah. I just want to, I want to like just talk to someone and be like, 
you know how amazing lions are? <laughs> like, that's how I am. Sometimes I just Google, like, I videos remember, of animals and cry. I remember tweeting once, like, um, I'm just looking at pictures of chimpanzees' hands and crying. <laughs> yes. Because they're, like, so close to ours, and I was just like, we're all in one place yes. together. And, like, just literally crying over mm-hmm. what their hands look like. And I've been moved to tears by nature so many times, like... It's fucking amazing. It's beautiful, and it's incredible, and we're shitting on and trashing the earth, which is awful. Yeah, and that's what goes into having love for the planet, which I guess ties into a later point that I said about recycling. Mm -hmm. Um, Having love and respect for the planet and not being a self-centered piece of shit. Yeah, like just a connection to nature is so... That's one of the coolest things, I think, to relate to somebody on Mm -hmm. because it's literally like the most beautiful thing and we had to walk around in the earth and there's just you can have endless goals for yourself that are just like going to different places to yeah. see different things i just love it so much like i this is so stupid it's not <laughs> stupid you know what i need to stop saying the things that i like are stupid because yeah. they're not fucking stupid they're just me <laughs> I think it would be amazing to be proposed to under the Northern Lights. That would be so amazing. I'm sorry. Like, that's, it's stuff like that. Yeah. Where you just feel so connected to everything about our existence. Yes. And just how intricate and beautiful and connected yeah. everything is. And also feeling super, something about it making you feel super small. Right. In the whole picture. Right. It's very humbling. Oh, yeah. When you think about what we are in relation to the planet and what the planet is in relation to the galaxy and the galaxy in relation to the universe and just like, whoop, we're just little. We're like specs. And, but at the same time, we get to experience these just gigantic, beautiful, like, glimpses at yeah. the universe and it's just really cool. Yeah. <laughs> I, just, I definitely, like, I've been freaking out about planning my wedding because I need it to be outside, but that sounds terrifying because I'm like, what if it rains? Like, <laughs> Yeah, I get so nervous, like, when I see people plan their weddings for outside, I'm like, what if it rains? Because for me, I'd be like, is it raining for a reason? Yeah, yeah. Crazy. Well, I filmed weddings, like, in the rain because it's like, well, it just rained and that's what happened at this yeah. wedding. Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, loving the planet, loving nature, loving everything about our natural existence and being able to take it in for what it actually is, realizing how amazing everything is. Yes, absolutely. That's so important to me. I think that's something that was instilled in me, like, from birth because my parents are obsessed. Uh, So next on my list is uh, self-awareness and the ability to think critically. I think being self-aware is really important and I think it's easy to feel self-aware when you aren't. So finding somebody with true self-awareness, which means looking inwardly, thinking critically about yourself and kind of like what we touched on earlier, being able to admit it if you're wrong or being able to admit it, not even if you're wrong, but just if you're like, you know, I've been doing things this way and I'm actually going to change it and do things a different way. Um, That is really attractive because it just means this person is able to check in with themselves yeah. and, and grow and develop as a person. Mm-hmm. And someone who's not self-aware is going to have a really, really hard time being accountable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause you have to be able to 
I don't know, I guess view yourself objectively. Isn't that kind of what being self-aware is? Yes. Yeah. And just being mindful of your behavior and how it affects other people, too. Yeah. Yeah. Self-awareness is hot. It's hot. Um, okay, so being emotionally available. So there are varying degrees of what being emotionally available means, but wanting a connection with someone there has to be that need to want a connection with someone because it can't just be like you're doing it to appease the other person it has to come from a genuine want within because without that you're not going to be emotionally available if you're completely shut down i i think you cannot connect on a deeper level exactly Um, emotionally unavailable people can be really appealing on the surface especially if they have a lot of other things going for them yes but there's strength with vulnerability and there's a deeper bond with being able to be vulnerable with another person and if somebody is not letting you in if they've got a wall up to where you can't get past this barrier with them whether they want you to or they don't you know sometimes people want to make connections but they have walls up that they have no idea how to take down Mm -hmm. um you know, that's just a turn off because it's impossible. <laughs> yeah, because that means that the person is has mental problems. And not that it's necessarily bad if someone has mental problems, but if you have walls up that are so solid to where you cannot be emotionally available, that means that you cannot have intimacy. And you can't have a relationship without consistent intimacy. Right. So not fearing emotions, not fearing connection, being able to like really just kind of like thrive in your own humanity if that makes sense yeah. um and i guess like i mean i know that men are socialized to repress their emotions which is super fucking gross yeah um but fighting that and being able to be like you know what i am going to have a full spectrum of emotions and i'm going to connect with you yeah. on that that's sick I know. <laughs> like, um, so, someone being a cheerleader and a supporter is really attractive. Like, if they're just going to get really enthusiastic with you about whatever you're doing and cheer you on and say, you know, you're doing a great job. I love what you're doing. I support you. Um, even if it's something that totally diverges from what their own interests are. Yeah. That's amazing. It's just cool when somebody, like, genuinely cares about you so much that they're going to get just really pumped on whatever you're doing. Yeah, like, I know it sounds kind of cheesy, but I've been saying this for, like, a really long time, but your partner should be your biggest fan. Yes. And that is so fucking true. Like, if they are not taking the time to really um, vocalize how proud they are and your accomplishments and they're noticing progress that you've made and stuff like that, like, I don't know, it would suck because then if you're not getting that from them, you're going to compare other people that are giving you that more openly right. and be like, oh, well, they're more appealing. Right. It's yeah. just, I think that's part of being emotionally available is being able to step outside of yourself and appreciate someone else and vocalize it. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, not put off by commitment. So I think commitment is really great because it shows if someone is able to be consistent, it shows if someone is able to be honest. It really just shows their strength as a human being. When I was younger in life, like I would be like very attracted to people with commitment issues and I would always be like, watch me, I'm gonna come in and fucking make you commit. It was like a challenge. 
it was like a fun game, except it's not fun. <laughs> it's Spoiler! It's not up. fun! And it's a waste of your fucking time. <laughs> um, if someone has commitment issues, they have no business dating. They have no business pulling in other people into their lives to create bonds. Yeah. That's honestly what it comes down to. Yeah. If you have commitment issues and you don't want to have commitment issues, you need to be putting in the work. There's a lot to unpack there, and you can change that. Yeah, you absolutely can. Um, There's a famous psychologist, Esther Perel, who's done amazing work on this. She has a podcast that's so good, and she also wrote a book. It's about infidelity, though, Mm -hmm. and just what causes people's commitment issues and how to move beyond them. And it's amazing, but it's also, you know, very clear, like, you cannot have a relationship this way like it's just yeah. it's totally non-functional and you can't wait for either you can't try to come in and be the savior to fix someone and you right. can't wait for someone to fix you exactly if you're commitment issues you need to be responsible yeah and realize like a relationship requires commitment if this is something i'm struggling with or cannot do i have no business being involved with someone else you have to put a hold on it and you have to fix your shit <laughs> yeah stop waiting for someone to fix you stop waiting for things to be convenient like take your fucking lazy ass to a therapist and work on yourself and before you fucking waste someone's time i mean god here i go on a fucking rant I think the most valuable thing in life ever actually is time. Yes. Because time is what makes everything possible. All you and are is time. Honestly. That's and if it. you I think the cruelest thing you can do to someone is waste their time, knowing that you are wasting their time. Like to me that's evil. Yeah, it's really bad. Including your own time. Mm-hmm. And you're wasting your own time if you're behaving that way too. Because then you're not valuing yourself. Yeah. Yeah, and you deserve better than that, and so does the partner that you're hiding things from. So, let's see. Having patience is a huge turn-on, because with a lack of patience, you're more prone to being frustrated and being upset, and um, with a lack of patience, you're also less able to understand your partner or friends or, you know, your colleagues, anybody that you're around. You have to be able to be patient, approach things slowly so that you're taking the time to understand them and have empathy with them like we've been talking about. Um, And just know that things are not immediate. There's not immediate results for most things. And if it does have immediate results, it's probably bullshit. <laughs> um, I feel like patience also includes like giving people room to grow. Yes. Um, not making excuses for them, but realizing that we all are human. Patience also includes like everyone does super annoying things. Yeah. Well, I think that goes into um, which could be a whole episode, but dating culture today, it's very easy to say, you know, next person, next person, next person. Mm-hmm. But if you found somebody that you really connect with, you know, a lot of these other, like, turnouts that we've talked about are there, but you just have, like, FOMO, and it's making you impatient with them to where you're not willing to wait on, you know, one or two things that might annoy annoy you about them that could be resolved um, with, you know, time and conversation and compromise. Um, I think that's leading people to get out of relationships that maybe could have been really long-term sustainable. Um, so patience is important just for overall 
longevity in your relationships. The best person in the world is still going to do things or have traits that annoys the fuck out of you. Yeah. And the reason why you should be patient is because you do those things too. You do super annoying things that would drive another person crazy, but that's part of what saying I'm going to be committed to you. We are both human beings. That it covers that. You're annoying as shit, but you know what's more important than that? Our bond, our love, and honesty. Yeah. (laughs) I okay. Humor. This is so incredibly important to me, and I realized this a lot over the past couple years. I am a very dramatic, sarcastic, all over the place person, and I need another person to understand that and be dramatic as well. I mean, I hate. I feel really bad saying that because then it's like I'm saying you can be this way, but you can't be this way. (laughs) But humor is so important to me because I feel you're talking about like being able to like vibe off each other like yeah. you know yeah someone who doesn't click up with the same humor as you it's like mm, it's probably just not gonna work yeah like I love 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 dramatic humor I love being over the top and extreme and ridiculous and it's so hard for me to um, feel connected to someone that isn't the same way because I feel like not only if I'm like that and they aren't I feel like they don't understand me and they're just looking at me like they're like you're a fucking fuck? idiot <laughs> But if they're like that, then they get it. Yeah. So humor is really important. I am very, very, very attracted to people that are funny. Yeah. Like, really fucking attracted. Well, I think laughter is, you know, medicine and all that shit that they say about it. But I think that's true. Like, I think laughter is really important to being able to release things that are really hard to deal with in any other way. Yes. That's why, you know, so frequently, like, things that we cannot talk about easily in other circumstances are like more easily talked about and addressed by comedians because having humor with things that are like the most painful in life is a way of of collectively coping with things yes. as a human and you know as the human race <laughs> um also something that's um important to me is part of the way that I deal with like having been through a lot of really shitty things is to make really extreme humor out of it and like make fun of myself I also enjoy making fun of someone else, but not in a mean way. Like, almost like, I call it endearing humor. <laughs> I don't really know what the right way to word it is, but I like being able to, like, make fun of someone on yeah. a light level and not in an abusive way. Right. Yeah. I just like it. I think it's fun. It's important. <laughs> I think it's important for me, for my partner, to practice forgiveness, but also have boundaries. Uh, basically what I'm saying is I'm not attracted to pushovers. <laughs> yeah. Um, somebody who's letting other people walk all over them and just forgiving people left and right who are treating them poorly. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's tough if you are that person. Um, but if you are that person, you probably have some work to do before you can be in a relationship, uh, and be a good partner. So that's just not attractive to me. Yeah. Um, I mean, one of the things that you said was boundaries, and that, that's, again, something we could talk about for layers and layers and layers. Yeah. I i feel like in the past, whether it started with fictional characters or not, but I used to be very attracted to people with no boundaries. Same. Or, and I also... Or have, terrible boundaries. Yeah, or, like, I practiced very little boundaries. Like, a lot of the things I'm talking about that I don't like are not just in other people. It's in things that I have done myself, and that's how I can speak on it so honestly. Right. Um... Boundaries is important because 
if someone doesn't practice boundaries with their friends, their family, their job, like whatever aspect of their life, they're not going to practice boundaries within your relationship. Right. Either they're going to walk all over you, they're going to verbally degrade you. Like it just, or it will enable you to be abusive. Not that you're abusive, but people carry out manipulative and abusive behavior that's really subtle and tiny that we've been taught through our lives that we don't even know that we're doing. Exactly. Um, you need to be able to have solid boundaries um, with every aspect of your life, not just your relationship, but your relationship is really important. Yeah. Um, once you're in a relationship, we touched on this lightly in the social media episode, but having boundaries with people who you are not in a relationship with, people from your past, people you work with, your friendships, all of these things matter because once you start practicing poor or shitty boundaries in one area, it's going to start trickling over and bleeding over into other areas of your life and everything's going to become chaotic. Yeah. The only way to not have a chaotic life is to have boundaries. Okay, I put lack or minimal ego. So no one. Yeah, basically. We're all very guilty of um, acting on our egos and we talked about that in the social media episode. Um, Social media and current trends um, very much are encouraging of narcissistic behavior. But I have to say that is probably at the top three biggest turnoffs for me is someone that acts on their ego, makes decisions based on their ego. I think that people with ego complexes are the most unattractive people on the planet because in order to be that selfish, that self-centered, that narcissistic, whatever word you want to go with, it is a complete lack of respect for other people. It is a lack of empathy because you don't act that way when you're empathetic. Um, So yeah, egotistical behavior is fucking disgusting. Um, Something that I found very refreshing. Ian Somerhalder, who plays Damon Salvatore (laughs) from The Vampire Diaries, in my opinion, he is one of the most attractive men to exist on the planet. And he has been doing work that would encourage him to be egotistical since he was a teenager. Like, he was doing, like, very up-there photo shoots, I think, at 17. Yeah. So it was very obviously aware to him at a young age that he was attractive and usually men utilize that and act like fucking asses but this is a man who not only has intelligence wildly attractive looks and a successful career but you know what when you actually read up on him watch the way that he conducts himself and interviews what he invests his time and his money into he is not ego driven at all i used to wait on him and he was really nice (laughs) (laughs) he would come to my restaurant i wouldn't even be able to handle it it was fine. Um, yeah, he's he's a great example and a role model for men because he got it all, you know? He yeah. got the fame, the money, the looks. He could have probably had any woman that he wanted. He stuck to vampires. You know, he made the right decisions. <laughs> um, and he doesn't use his power to exploit things. Right. Um, he's just a fucking good man. Yeah. And I think that if you can have all those things, you've got the career, you've got the looks, you've got money, and you're still not egotistical, you're basically a god. Someone who is regularly excited about anything. <laughs> That's awesome. Fuck yeah, cereal. Just, yeah. <laughs> I cannot wait to eat my oatmeal. I get like that sometimes. I'm like that. People who are just intrigued by the world around us, it kind of goes back to the nature thing, but just being 
excited is so cool if you're just like everything kind of sucks like i just feel negative all the time there's the point in anything i'm basically eeyore yeah if you're fucking eeyore i'm not attracted to you one because you're a donkey (laughs) (laughs) starting point but also because i don't like that attitude yeah like people that are excited to be alive people that can find joy in the little things yeah it's that's also contagious energy yes and if you want to like feel happiness and joyful like all around like i guess on a more consistent basis it also really helps to be around someone that can get excited about small things yeah for me i put willingness to unpack and redevelop beliefs (sighs) okay i'll try to summarize we are socialized to be shitty yeah and the older that you get the more awareness you should have on this um Men are socialized to repress their emotions and to, unfortunately, treat women like they're beneath them. And women are socialized to coddle men and be forever forgiving and just basically, like, give so much emotional labor to men. You have to be able to look at the ways that we were raised, the things that were introduced to us, even down to, like, fucking Disney movies, and realize, you know what? This has shaped me or us collectively to be a certain way. And this is not actually fair or equal. And to unpack your beliefs, which can be really difficult because these are ideas that have been reinforced our entire lives. But the ability for someone to do that and be like, you know what? This is wrong. And I don't want to behave this way. I am not religious. And I do not think I could ever, actually I know that I could never date someone who is, um, it's too different from where my beliefs are, um, but I'm very, very spiritual, um, and that is something that's actually very important to me that's developed over time, and it's not that someone would need to be on the exact same level as me, but to at least be open to the type of things that I believe in, um, and to think that there is, like, a connection to all other human beings and things that we cannot explain in the presence of a soul. Um, I believe in like karmic destinies and fire twins and, you know, doing shadow work and some level of actual magic, which I know people will, you know, are on the fence about, but when you've experienced and seen the things that I have, you'd probably be at the same place. So someone that doesn't at least outright deny that or say that it's stupid yeah an open-mindedness yeah i i was raised in a secular home um and i have chosen and continue to choose to live my life that way and i just find myself in alignment with people who are on that path as well yeah that's naturally who ends up coming into my life Mm so um yeah i guess that's it for that one cool it's really attractive to me when people give a fuck about things like politics, climate change, yes, um, social issues, all all of these things are really important to me. Um, and I, as I get older, I get more and more involved in activism, yep. and it becomes more and more important to me. And uh, I think again, complacency on those types of issues is just a pretty instant turnoff for me. Yep. Um, 
And I do remember being really young and thinking, like, gosh, I can't believe my parents care so much about the things that they care yeah. about. Why do people care so much about these things? Because they affect everyone. Yeah, I think just the older I've gotten, the, the more I've realized, like, oh, okay, this is, like, the real shit that actually really matters that we have to be paying attention to. I do think... Um, climate change is the biggest problem that we're facing and uh, it's important to be making a conscious effort to be doing something about that every single day and if you can make little choices that make it better that's awesome but if you can think about the bigger impact as well then that's even cooler there is like nothing attractive about not caring about things yeah to me that just makes you incredibly boring and not passionate very boring and you're kind of dead inside well it's just like that cuts out a lot of the conversations I would be interested in having. Yeah, and how can you not care about things that affect other people and the future generations? Like, right. I don't know, that's just, eh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, I absolutely love traveling. I love going to new places. Um, I want to go everywhere in the world, including dangerous places, but that's because I'm an extreme person <laughs> about literally everything in my life. Um, I have a desire to experience and understand every culture. Um, I want to, I really do. I want to experience every ecosystem. Like I want to see everything. I want to experience everything because how can you be a well-rounded person unless you have like a vast amount of experiences? Like if you just live in a first world country and you never try to understand or even, I guess, research other countries, you never visit them, you are in a bubble, and you do not understand anything outside of your one-dimensional life. Yeah. Um, So someone that loves to travel, someone that's inspired to understand other people, um, architecture, like just anything involving nature, human history... I want to see all the damn waterfalls. <laughs> I want to go Basically, to every waterfall. Yeah, that's <laughs> right now. I'm fucking obsessed with going to Fiji. I don't know why. Cause it's dope. I want to go to an island. I'm currently rewatching Lost, so that probably has to do with it. But I really want to go to the Maldives so bad. Yes. I'm trying to go to the Maldives and New Zealand for my honeymoon, oh, and then just pay to offset my carbon footprint from taking so many flights. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. I I really want to see the Great Pyramids. I honestly think that I would die. You will spot. die. You'll I'm not kidding. Die. Cause of death. Great Pyramids. <laughs> um, I just want someone to travel to the Great Pyramids with me. So and, you can die there. Yeah. Okay. Let me, let me talk about my lifespan. I want to go to Fiji and role play that I am on Lost Island. Okay, Lost Island is not a place. I'm referring to the island from Lost. (laughs) I want to go live on Lost Island. I don't know why. Most people would be like, that's a terrifying situation. Bad idea. That's where I want to be. I want to live on Lost Island. I would like to travel to the Northern Lights and be proposed to (laughs) and cry so hard that I end up in the hospital. (laughs) And then, you know, I'll go to some other cool places and do some stuff. And then I will die in Egypt in front of the Great Pyramids. I want to go to New Zealand and become a hobbit (laughs) and live out the rest of my days as a hobbit until suddenly I find a ring and I become my true form, which is Gollum. But just walk a lot. Um... (laughs) The greatest action fantasy movie of all time. 
several men walking. Walking for a long ass fucking time. Sometimes. The ring. The ring? <laughs> That's a different movie. Not that ring. So we both have very tethered to reality expectations of what we want in life. You want to become a hobbit. I want to die in front of the Great Pyramids. I don't know what I'm dying from. Hopefully just like having my soul sucked out of my body. By a mummy? Not quite a mummy. I'm more so thinking Not that... quite? <laughs> I'm more so thinking that Anubis looks down on me. He's like, Gaia Patra. Because that's how he talks. And he's like, would you like to suck my dong forever? And I'm like, yep, see ya. <laughs> and he just sucks me up. Yeah. So we're talking about really liking to travel. Traveling is important. <laughs> really important. <laughs> okay, so a really big turn on. It could come as a huge surprise. Um, especially in men. When they respect all women. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's fucking crazy. I only respect women that I'm attracted to. Yeah, and most people feel that way. However, it's actually even more sexually arousing if you respect all women. You're asking for a little too much there, Sarah. Stop being so emotional. <laughs> Could you smile more too? Can you smile, you fucking bitch? <laughs> Not sitting idly by when some guy is being awful. This is really fucking important because even guys that don't fucking actively participate in misogyny sit there and don't say shit when the men around them. I'm not saying put yourself in harm's way if some guy is being really aggressive and, and you're like, I don't want to get knocked out right now. Yeah, avoid that. But say something and, and don't just have friends who happen to act that way. Some, no, excommunicate those people. Your friends are a reflection of you. So if you, just because you aren't sexist or misogynist, if you have friends that are, why would you actually actively choose to be friends with people that are like that? Right. If that's not kind of where your values align? Right. And once you find out they're like that, Call them out on it if you're able to. If you're safely able to call people out on shit like that, do it. And I think it's... Genji feels very strongly about this. Wow. Yeah, um, to me it's actually extremely unattractive when men won't say shit to other men acting disrespectfully towards women because... Unfortunately, men don't listen to women when we voice these kind of concerns, which really just proves the point that they don't respect women. Right. They will respect or listen to men. Now, they might fight you on it or, you know, say something degrading to you, but they're more likely to um, actually second-guess yeah. their behavior going forward because they view men as people who are worth listening to. So, if you are a man and um, you are around men who act like that, it really is your job to say something because things are never going to change if you aren't allies with us and fight for our rights as well. Right. We cannot do it on our own because we are not considered equals. Right. So you gotta help us out here, guys. Thanks. Don't In be shitty. <laughs> this is a little bit more specific, but if I were to look over the course of me developing as like a young girl into a teenager, woman, whatever, I am so passionate about art, and that's why most of my friends and people that I have dated have been artists. Um, so I guess I kind of have like a type. Um, 
I think creating art is one of the most meaningful and impressive things that someone can do. I agree. There's so much that you can do in life, but there is something that I am very like weak for, mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's art and artists because you have the power to use human emotions to connect everyone, to like reinstill empathy and make us feel more connected in a world that's becoming so disconnected. Um, watching someone create something that's like so vulnerable and reflects so much emotion is like, I don't even have words for it. It's literally the most attractive thing ever, especially if it's authentic and reflects their actual feelings. Um, And being artistic myself in like many different ways, probably one of like the top, I'd say top five things I like to do with another person is create art with them. Whether it is, you know, photography based or writing or like in a video or anything like that, that is so much fun because I feel like that's like a soul activity because it's both of your souls being present, vulnerable, putting everything to the surface and really pushing yourself to see what you can create together. So I guess being art based or at least um, having artistic skills or abilities or being open to creating. That's super, super important to me. Well, and I, I, creating art uses, you know, different functions of your brain, mm-hmm. and it's great to be developing that as well. Yes. Um, I am, I've gone in and out of, like, being all in with creating art and then taking time off from it. You know, for me, a lot of time, I don't feel creative unless I'm, like, horrifically suffering. It's great. Yep. Um, That's common. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but I definitely think art is important for all people, whether it's, um, consuming art, if you're not like naturally talented and, and creating art maybe isn't your thing, but just looking at art and experiencing art. Bonding over art. Yes. It, it helps awaken, um, a different part of us and, and helps connect us as humans. I feel like, um, art is the one thing that connects all humans of any walk of life. Yeah. Because we're all so different in many different ways, but one thing that everyone has in common, no matter what culture you're from, is music. And music is the same themes. Unless you're my fiance and you hate music. That's a little different. <laughs> but yeah, like music is something that unites literally everyone of any walk of life. And that's why I feel like music is actually magic. Yeah. Like real magic, I not agree. just saying that to be dramatic. Listening to music feels like experiencing magic. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, so my last one, this is a big one for me. Um, This is almost more in the turn off category. Yeah. Um, But there's a huge difference between venting and complaining. Huge. (laughs) Huge. And uh, if, if you're constantly complaining all the time, I'm not into you. Complaining is really annoying because if you have a problem with something going on, stop talking about it and do something about it or shut the fuck up. Right. Like if you're just moaning about something over and over again and you're not doing anything to change it, I cannot, I have no patience for that. That's one thing that will make me like irate. I'm just like, I don't care. 
I don't care. I do not yeah, care. Yeah, that's something that happens <laughs> to me. Like, if you complain consistently about the same issues that are within your control of at least influencing. Yes. But you're choosing to not do anything, which is why you're still in the same position to complain about it. You are seriously, like, it's like almost like admitting how inadequate you are. Because problems don't stay at the same level and keep reoccurring. Right. Unless you're doing nothing about them. Right. And so you're choosing to do nothing about it. So what you're doing is just talking in a circle like a broken record to a person who doesn't give a fuck about what you have to say. Yeah. I think there's a genuine need to vent. I think venting is really important. Absolutely. Um, but it's it's not like, let's complain all day, every day. You know, venting is like, I'm going to take 10 minutes to say all the shit I need to say that I'm frustrated with or, you know, whatever it is. And then ending it, capping it. Yeah, you put a cap on it and then it's done. Venting is totally normal. I love to get really dramatic and vent about everything, but then I end it and I move on with my day. Yes. And it's if you start paying attention to your own thoughts in your head, we complain a lot. Yeah. Um, And it's up to us to just check that. Like, ooh, okay, I am just complaining a lot in my own brain and like what do I really have to be complaining about all the time um just stop complaining it's stop making excuses stop blaming things on other people and other circumstances like you have control over many of the situations that you're complaining about so just shut up and get to work and change it that and you're putting negative energy out there and and you're just dragging down the people excuse me, the people around you, you're, like, sucking them down with you. Yeah. But you really do literally put negative energy out there. Like, the more stuff like that that you put out there, focus on, think about, say, you are attracting that energy into your life. That is an actual fact. Like, I mean, look at your life. Tell me. Is it not true? (laughs) (laughs) So we've outlined a lot of things um, that we find attractive or not attractive, but... I described my fiancé the whole time. (laughs) Um, I think that I want to talk about fictional characters that I find myself very attracted to, which kind of creates confusion within me because they don't meet what I just outlined, but I think that kind of comes down to either unhealthy attractions or lust over... What would that be? Lust... In comparison to healthy, I don't know. Yeah, I, um, I don't know. Just certain like toxic things that are still alluring. Okay, so I'll just go right into it. Um, <clears throat> I call it Sad Boys Club. <laughs> I am painfully attracted to sad train wreck men characters. So. <laughs> Um, <clears throat> Elliot from Mr. Robot. Oh, yeah. My God, he can get it. Um, and it's, I don't know what it is. I think it's something about him being so sad. Um, like when he's broken down and crying and he's lost within himself and he's just a fucking wreck. Something about that. I'm just like, oh my uh-huh. fucking God, I need you. I really do have a deep, deep, lustful attraction to train wreck men. But at the same time, I guess when you translate that to reality, that's not what I want. Right. Well, I obsessively watched that Netflix show, You, did not find him attractive 
but also felt obsessed with it. Like I had to keep watching it, yeah. you know. And then I read the books instantly, and they you were read them? yeah, they're oh, really yeah. good. <laughs> they're really really good because they're used to like. It's very similar to American Psycho. It's just used to like highlight societal problems, even down to like what love songs are about and what romance movies like uh, <coughs> yeah. exemplify. But I was just like obsessed with like being in this guy's head, even though the whole time in his head, I'm like, I hate him. I hate him. Yeah. But I also feel transfixed by it. A lot of times <clears throat> we are attracted to things that are not good for us and it, a lot of it can do with childhood experiences or it can be a reflection of one of our parents. It can be an abuse cycle that we've been in. Even though things are bad, we can feel this like indescribable chemical connection and release um, to people or things that are inherently bad. Yeah. Um, and I think the best way to deal with that is to recognize it for what it is and maybe just kind of like um, save that as like a sexual fantasy instead of what you want to become like a lifestyle or relationship right. type. Like I know that train wreck men are not good for my life. Even though my body thinks Kylo Ren is so good Even for though me. my fucking vag is always open for Kylo Ren. Um, in reality. <laughs> in reality, dating him would be a nightmare. And I think that it's important to differentiate that. Recognize what you are lustfully attracted to. And maybe just save that for like bedroom experiences. Because these are not people, traits, anything that you can incorporate into a relationship and actually be happy. I just think that as humans, we are very um, weak for lust. And so sometimes it can cloud our judgment and we can think, oh, well, I feel so strongly about, you know, this type of thing. This is the person I should date. No, that's that's a well, scenario you should create and probably just fuck. Yeah, I think we've been <laughs> told, like, a high-stakes story of romance since forever. I mean, look at what Romeo and Juliet is. You know, we're taught Unhealthy that... Unhealthy as fuck. ...romance and romantic feelings are inherently dysfunctional and toxic, and it's... If the reality of it is, like, it's more boring than that, which is a good thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, especially, like, I'm such an extremist about everything, and I didn't really know how to regulate that throughout, I'd say, almost all of my life up until kind of, like, somewhat recently. Um, and just because something is extreme or, like, has a super good high, I used to think that that meant this is what I need because it feels so good, but extreme highs come with extreme lows. Right. That's part of what a chaotic, dysfunctional relationship is. Um, so yeah, like if you find yourself attracted to things that are not healthy in a relationship sense, I think having an outlet for that maybe in the bedroom. And, leaving and even it then, you know, it can't be that your partner is carrying out horrible stuff that they're actually into so you know yeah it's really situational yeah um but i just feel like it's important to recognize things that you find really attractive and realize that just because you find something attractive doesn't mean that it's good for you things can feel really fucking good and be absolutely terrible for you yes like most things yes (laughs) So, uh, reflecting on a lot of the things that we talked about, I think it's important to, even if it physically means writing these things out, outline what is important to you, 
um, what your expectations are, what your boundaries are, what yeah. you find attractive and what you don't, so that when you become involved with someone, you don't find yourself bending to, like, make things different. I think it's totally okay to have hard yeses and hard noes. I don't think you need to have so many hard no's that no one will ever be good enough for you, but yeah, if there's, that, that's you know. like weird entitlement. Right, but if you have a set of things that you're just like, nope, that's, an, that's a permanent no, then that's totally fine. Yeah, I think it's um, writing these things out almost kind of like we did to make this episode is important. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's knowing yourself because you need to, you need to have expectations that are solid. And you need to use your time strategically. Yes. Do not waste your time for someone who does not meet your expectations. Remember, because we said time is the most valuable thing that you have in life, and you're disrespecting yourself by wasting your time. And just know that the physical traits someone has are only going to carry them so far. And, you know, the... Emotional connection you make with somebody is actually more important. Yeah, like a lot of people base their... It's really strange to me that people base relationships off of physical attraction alone. Yeah, physical attraction is important and and physical chemistry is really, really important, but it can't be the only thing. It can't fill in the gaps. No, and focusing on that is not going to make you whole or complete. You're actually probably going to end up getting bored. Right. Uh, so that was episode three of Guy and Sarah Save the World. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed it. It was a little bit more of a kind of lighter episode. Kind of lighter. Yeah. It was a little bit of just a wild card episode. We have a cat feature. We also have a kitty. This is our mascot. Sponsored by cats. You can find us at gsswshow.com. You can watch us on YouTube. You can listen to us anywhere you can hear podcasts. Seriously, everywhere. Just look up GSSW. Yeah. You can donate to our show if you would like. Um, We're going to have the link at the bottom. Any amount helps. Don't feel pressured into doing it. But it really does help make it possible so we can continue to upgrade the quality of this and put in our consistent time. Absolutely. So gssw.show.com slash support to help keep the show going. Yep. Uh, Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Gaia and Sarah save the world. We're still not sponsored by Guinness. This episode not quite sponsored by Guinness, but hopefully getting there. Soon.